All right, guys. Well, I'm really, really excited for this episode, you guys. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Um, so I'll get into a little bit of the backstory of how this conversation came to be. But uh, for those of you that are just listening, I just want to you know, tell you what we got going on here. So we have an all-star uh, expert panel of people here to discuss um, false flags, school shootings, mass shootings, and everything in between and try to connect some dots and maybe see what we have in store for the future. So my name is Scott from the show Rebunk, Rebunk.news. Joining us also, we have Oli Demigard from Light on Conspiracies, Monica Perez, Propaganda Report, Steve Poikinen, Slow News Day, AM Wake Up, all kinds of good stuff, right? And then, of course, Charlie Robinson, Macroaggressions, author of Octopus of Global Control, so many other great books. But first of all, let's let's kick it to the group here and uh, just do quick introductions for people that may not be familiar with each one of our individual uh, projects. And uh, let, let's let's start with Ole. Ole, how are you, man? I'm good, good, good. As they say here in, uh, in Bali, Selalu, Mantap Selalu, always super good. And uh, I've been down this rabbit hole, I think, longer than most, about 40 years. And so this has given me some kind of advantage uh, to start uh, from in the beginning. I was very focused on the site of a crime or the site of an alleged uh, event. But over the years, I found out that, my God, we need to raise the the view to like a helicopter view to get a better understanding of what's going on and it's only then that you can see what is actually happening <clears throat> and i would very much strongly suggest that uh, when in this show i would uh, love to just give my point of view from a quite high perspective because i tell you what we're seeing today in the world is so connected on so many different levels. So many of these uh, alleged shootings here and there, uh, everywhere, NATO countries very often uh, carried out by the same group that is just traveling around. I call them the global tour of terror. And over the years, uh, I've become very uh, familiar about their modus of random, how they work. I've also been in contact with several insiders, whistleblowers from the, their side who have informed me how they do it. And so one of the things that they told me is that they uh, deliberately leave clues about upcoming attack in the forensic evidence, which was mind-blowing for me because at that time, that was in 2014, I'd never heard of it. And uh, But then uh, when Charlie Hebdo happened, that was the first time I saw, oh my God, because I had found signs that was pointing towards Dublin and, and Paris and then Denmark and Florence, Copenhagen and Florence. But uh, after speaking to this insider, but I, I thought uh, he was full of it because I mean, how, why would they do a thing like that? Mm -hmm. But the explanation he gave was that they leave them there because of their selfish needs, because they're very, very afraid of the law of karma. And these bad boys are up to no good. So they have a lot of bad karma on their shoulders if they uh, continue. So the way they, um, they argue is that if they show us even in subtle ways what they're up to, then uh, and we don't react, then indirectly we consent and the bad karma's on our shoulders, not theirs, which was bizarre to me. But then I started seeing, oh, my God, this is actually true. So from uh, the fall of 2014, that's when I understood that that is actually what they do. And up to date now, I predicted or connected on international radio up to two months before they happened, 65 of these uh, events. So I would say that gives cred to this insider's information. And I also think that this is, uh, that my, my last name has actually become a verb, hashtag Damagard or hashtag Damagard, and is to find the clues and spot the next, next place. Because this is such a blessing in disguise, because if we can predict where they're going to hit the next time, we can just be there. 
with cameras and people and friends have a picnic and just see them set the whole thing up. And then while we're having another sandwich and a pizza slice, we'll just film them and say, listen, guys, you are under observation. We see you. We know you. We even recognize you. Oh, God, there's another Sandy Hook replay here. And there's another there. And here's another crisis actor from the Toronto and, and so on. So this is an extreme uh, blessing, I think. And this is what I've I dedicated my life to stop this madness by absolute fearless exposure of these events. So it's like top political assassination and what is called false flag operation that I specialize in. Wow. Thank you, Ole. Yeah, that's I've been following your work for a while and that's, you know, that's what we're here to discuss. So hopefully we can connect some dots between all of us here and we can kind of just, uh, that, that would be the goal is to like to predict what's coming next, right? But I mean, Anyway, but before we make too much into it, though, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I'm Monica Perez. I just launched a new kind of format show, Deep Dives with Monica Perez. I still have the propaganda report. And I just try to take one thing and dig into it, one thing from the news and just pull on all the threads. But I have to say, Ole, I read cover to cover what was a two-volume set, coup d'etat and slow motion. <laughs> and it really prepared me for one of the things I really dug deep on from the very beginning, from like 2014, was Ukraine and the coup in Ukraine. And now, as they introduce the Azov Battalion and the neo-Nazis, NATO, kind of the gladio, stay-behind stuff. I remember when I read your book, I was shocked that that there were really like Nazis that were continued, that that political ideology was a continuing thing, like in Sweden and other places, which for me here, when I see it kind of pop up here, it looks very artificial, very created. And, but when I saw that, I could understand like in Ukraine, they're really tapping into something that never really went away that had some power. And also the South Africa connection, like I had no idea that South Africa had any significance in the kind of international um, intelligence and operations thing, like to that level, and how how those different elements work together. So I credit you for that before you even began to see those clues and clue people into them. And I will say one thing about the about those clues. I think there's another element to it. One is, of course, like they write things that are blueprints. They write things so that other people who need to be on the same page will be on the same page, don't even realize they're part of a conspiracy, but they're so good at at giving their bosses what they want. Even if it's just an academia or media, they just like, oh, this is some guy telling me what's happening and what it means. But I think there's the, those real clues as to what's happening next. It may be an element of ego in there, where they are saying, I'm doing this, kind of like Babe Ruth pointing into the outfield and saying, I'm doing this. And uh, I want my peers who I respect, who um, I want them to know that I did it by telling them that it's happening. And that's how they got credit on it. So anyway, I think there's something to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. Well, thank you, Monica. All right. And then the, the one man who I feel like has a finger on the pulse of current events in the world probably more so than anybody I know. Steve, slow news day. How's it going, man? Fantastic, man. Thank you, Scott. Uh, I'm Steve Boykinen. I, I host a show called Slow News Day. 
uh, which is uh, going on, I think, four years old now. Um, and it's more long form interview and deep dive kind of stuff. And then Monday through Friday uh, in the mornings, I host a show called AM Wake Up uh, with uh, Pasta Jardula from the Convo Couch. And it is uh, full on media narrative deconstruction and uh, interviews with some of, I don't know, um, uh, some of the most uh, knowledgeable people in their fields that we can find and will come on the show. And, um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, we try to keep it as fun as humanly possible because we, uh, we do live in, in very, very dark times. So you got to have dick jokes uh, and we bring them. Uh, we do. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here. And uh, in terms of uh, like revelation of the method or karmic washing or what, what have you, uh, I, I've looked at the Department of Homeland Security threat assessments and the Interpol threat assessments as kind of a, a nice, you know, year or so heads up. Uh, as to what they're really working towards. And so far, we've had massive cyber grid collapses. We've had food chain uh, issues. We've had fuel issues. The destabilization or the controlled demolition, Charlie, of uh, the European Union underway in full swing. They're telling people to go pick up sticks for winter heat in uh, Latvia and Poland and Germany, but they can only be a certain length and you need a permit. Um, it, it, so, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys 100%, hopefully here to learn, possibly contribute. We'll find out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. Glad to have you here, man. And of course, the godfather. Mr. Charlie Robinson, Ooh. how you doing, man? Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't be the godfather when okay, Ole's okay. here, and he's been doing this for, okay. for forever. But my name's Charlie Robinson. I am the host of Macroaggressions podcast. I wrote, I've written a couple books. The first book was The Octopus of Global Control, and that really set, you know, when you write about control tactics and things like that, it leads you into false flags. I mean, it it, it has to, and it's a matter of trying to put the pieces together, figure out what's real, what's, what's made to look real. And then, you know, I wind up at Anarchapulco a couple of years after the book and I'm sitting with Ole and we're, 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 we're trying to figure this out. And he explains to me the NATO traveling roadshow concept. And I just went, okay, I'm, I know nothing compared to, to the, like I, that, that had never crossed my mind. So but then after that conversation, now you start to look for these things. So what I, I feel is that if we have the talks, these shows, where we start to point out what we notice about these events, things that happen in advance, things that happen during, and things that happen as a result of, as a, like, as, like governmental programs that roll out after a false flag, they start to paint a, a picture and they start to form patterns and if you are good enough at analyzing the pictures and recognizing the patterns, you can start to put this puzzle together with, you know, you first you do the edge pieces, the easier ones, and then you start to fill it in. And I think that if we talk about this, we have this, we do shows like this where, where we mention things like the way Ole mentioned the NATO traveling roadshow to me. And I went, whoa, now I can never unknow that. And now when I look at these events, I look at them 
with an additional lens of, well, is it this? And so what we want, the purpose of this show, if I think if, if we were to consider it a success, would be that the people that watch or listen to this, then in the future, when these things happen, they, they go, okay, hang on a second. I remember hearing about this. I remember hearing this was an option. I remember hearing all these different ideas of how they lay out these, these events. Let me take a look at this and see if any of those things are there. As an example, and we're going to get into this, um, Ola, your presentation in Mexico where you started to, t where you, where you explained the importance, sig visual significance and importance of bicycles and shoes. And I went, what? Bicycles and shoes? That's it? And you said, <laughs> watch for bicycles, watch for shoes. Now, after that, I started watching for bicycles and shoes and they're everywhere. Yeah. But if you don't know that, you don't see that. And so that's why I think the purpose of this, of this show, if done correctly, is that afterwards, everybody is looking for the proverbial bicycles and shoes. So That's awesome. Yeah, Charlie, thank you so much, man. Like, okay, so yeah, let's get into it here, guys. And so I wanted to tell you a little bit about kind of how this came to be for me on my end. So I was, you know, this was shortly after the, after the Uvalde shooting. And uh, of course, we had, you know, Matthew McConaughey go up and do that press conference, right? And there was that one instance where he is naming one of the, you know, quote unquote, you know, I'm just don't even know, like victims, kids names, like one of the names of the, the supposed victims. And he starts laughing. He goes, he goes, starts chuckling right after naming the supposedly dead kid's name. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I can't even, I can't take this anymore. Like I had like this, like bubbling, like fury build up in me. I'm like, this is just so egregious and so maddening that I, I, and that's kind of like what led me to be, okay, who can we get? Oh, we need to get Oli Demigard. We need to get Charlie Robinson. We need to get Monica Perez. You know, we need to get Steve on this show. We need to hash this out because this is just getting out of control, right? And so, um, you know, my vision for this now being in the climate that we're in, like, I don't care. If we're going to talk about Sandy Hook, we're going to say Sandy Hook. You know, if we're, we're, we're not going to self-censor, we're not going to pull any strings. Like, we're, we're going at it hard and we're here to do some good work tonight. So with that, with that being said, I want to kick it over to you, Ole, and maybe kick us off and like see where, where you're at these days. And by the way, you know, I just heard you on uh, Sam Tripoli's show, Tinfoil Hat. So uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was a great, great interview. But, um, you know, where would you like this particular conversation to start off hearing like kind of what my vision for it is or what our vision for it is? Okay, so thank you so much for inviting me. And yeah. I feel honored to be among you. And uh, I'm very, very grateful that uh, people like you are around and there to do what you do because it's been quite a lonely road for years so anyway so and thank you robin or oh, charlie for listening when i mentioned things like shoes and bikes because it sounds like absolutely outrageous when you start hearing about it but then when you see how these things are being used it's just mind-blowing so i would very much uh, like to point to the latest uh, like uh, five six months because it's wonderful they're stepping up the game i i really hope out of desperation because millions of people are becoming aware on a daily basis so they need to get, get keep us in this uh, grip of fear that's the key to control masses you need them fearful so this is why they have to amp up the fear, amp up the fear all the time. But it's not easy nowadays when everybody's on fluoride and uh, computer games. And so I just want to say that we had this incredible uh, 
virus that just healed the world from all kinds of terror attacks, all kinds of cars driving into crowds, all kinds of ISIS beheadings in front of green screen, uh, all kinds of whatever, mass shootings, all of it stopped. It was amazing. So we had to give it, uh, give it up for Corona. Fantastic. But so what happened there? At that time, I would very strongly suggest we're talking about the same power behind these. Uh, these uh, it's a matter of a global attempt on an attempt of a global overtake. It goes under the name of the New World Order, the Fourth Revolution. You got the Dr. Enil Schwab, uh, uh, Fourth Industrial, no, so the, uh, the World Economic Forum. I mean, you only, it's a white cat. That's the only thing that is missing. Uh, all, all of that is the Agenda 21 take over everything, everything, including your children, all water, all air, all land, all energy, all military, all media, all of it, all of it. And you should be happy. Look at their uh, videos. That's what they say. And they're very advanced. You have to give it to them. So we're looking at the uh, World Economic Forum, which is like the 1%. But behind that, they're just like front figures. Behind that, you have more or less Dr. Evil himself with uh, the guy who lives in a hot climate down below with some red horns and a little fork. It's, it's evil we're up against. So how do they do it? During the COVID, which was their operation, 100% um, biological weapon of mass destructions for humanity. It's awful when you start looking into it. Awful, awful. They didn't need it because they were able to amp it up, amp it up, amp it up. And the way they did it, instead of terror attacks, they just put out a new virus, you know, a new virus, a monkey. The, it, by the way, the K is silent. It's monkeypox. But you got like uh, all of these Delta. Dip, the dip. I have a list of 20 of these different that is in line. So if you are lining up for boosters, prepare to be able to take another 18 boosters before you're still not protected. So, I mean, what is going on? The thing what is happening now is that people are starting to say, I'm not doing it. I don't believe what you're telling me. Not yeah, Whatever, I've done everything you said. I'm still not protected. What the hell is going on? So the fear grip is loosening. And so over the years, <clears throat> fear is key. And it's problem, reaction, solution. That's what they base everything on. Problem, reaction, solution or diversion. When you start looking too close to get something, they need to say, boom, over here. So we go, what? And they distract our attention away from it. This is why at this point, it's like boom, 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 boom. So we don't even have time to look into any of it. You know, Uvalde, did anyone even die there? Did this happen? Did that happen? The Highland Park shooting, what was that? What was that? Why is that? It's like they, they're pushing like Mike Tyson at us. You know, that just so that we don't get a chance. It's like a jab, a jab, a jab, a jab, boom, 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 like that. But here it comes to a situation where I say, okay, it is an illusion. There is no Mike Tyson here hitting me. I just feel like that. So breathe, 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 take a walk, you know, hug a cat, whatever, a tree, a cup, whatever works for you. Calm down, calm down. Take a step away, get out of the fear grip. And then look again, look again. And so I would strong, I would very much like if I can point out things to look out for, because if you find these things repeatedly over and over and over and over again in things that should have no connection whatsoever, you have to start asking yourself, what is going on? So I would strongly suggest that we're looking at operations, mostly NATO uh, coordinated operations. 
NATO is not the bad boy itself. It's just a tool of death that is used by these forces. So it's through NATO, the nations that are connected to NATO and under the direct order of NATO, that these operations are carried out. I'm now talking about alleged mass shooting and alleged terror attacks. Please notice the, the word alleged. So one of the ways they operate, is it okay if I rant on for a little while? Please do like this when you're fed up and yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, because I don't want to steal the thunder for people here. Anyway, so, so we have color codes. Uh, these color codes have been used forever by a CIA and other agencies. I'm sure they're used in ways that I have no idea about, but I know that they're very dominant. So you had like in North Africa, you had the green revolutions, they were called, where green was a color. But it's now turned out that CIA and other agencies were behind these alleged revolutions. You know, it's just a matter of how to get uh, a real elected president out of the way and be replaced by puppets that they can control. That you had Ukraine with the color code, you had Georgia with the pink, uh, the rose color code, you had, uh, oh, this color code had been like that. And then we had George Soros Purple Revolution, which has been going on for quite a few years now. Purple, purple, deep, deep purple. And at the same time, I don't know the difference, but in Europe, we've had magenta. They don't use purple in Europe, they use magenta. So it's often a combination of these uh, codes. And I believe that one of the reasons they use these color codes is because it's an absolute silent above uh, la uh, language border uh, things where you, they can communicate with each other without us even understanding what's going on. But somebody sitting in the Bahamas with a big fat cigar can understand that it's one of their attacks in Toronto or in Melbourne or whatever, if the color code is there. So very often something happens, boom, scroll down, scroll down, and then like three, four, uh, fourth down the page of an article or whatever, you will find the picture. It would be a picture where something in the middle has a very, very dominant deep purple or Magenta. It can be anything from a T-shirt of somebody, uh, you know, bending down over a grave or a victim. Or it's in the center. It's in the center, or the color of the hair, or a massive bus in the background with that color, or the girl, the woman in the the TV host, uh, that color shirt. When they report about these things, that color shirt, or if it's a man, it would be the tie. You will also see politicians that step up afterwards after these alleged attacks. If they're in on it, they will have the color of the tie. You know, So you have like these color codes, meaning that whoever is in the know will know. Oh, it's ours. Okay. No, that's not ours. What the hell is going on? But that's that doesn't hardly ever happen nowadays because it's them all the time. So these colors, very important. And now when uh, the after the latest, uh, their latest operations, them again, them again, I'll tell you, you got Ukraine, uh, yellow and, and blue. That's the national color of the Ukrainian flag. You got a massive attack on Sweden at the moment. That's the name. That's the same colors and Kazakhstan, same colors. So in the background, you will have yellow and blue. So first you have magenta or deep purple. It's us. It's us in the background, blue and yellow. So even like there's an alleged mass shooting, like in Buffalo or whatever. I call it the Buffalo bullshit shooting uh, where uh, you had like bum, 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 bum. And then 
the color code, the color code, the color code. And then at the memorial services inside the church, there's a massive big cross, yellow and blue. Have you ever seen a blue and yellow cross inside a church like the size of Manhattan? No, you have not. That's the way they do it in the background, in the background. But it's a matter of also getting into the subconscious of our subliminal messages, repeated, repeated, repeated. If you think that this doesn't work, Ask yourself Coca-Cola or look at Coca-Cola. Why is why is Santa wearing a red and white outfit? It's Coca-Cola. They took over that in the 40s. You know, the color codes, the logos, the slogans, the this thing. So colors, yeah. And then uh, I'm going to go over to bicycles and shoes and baby cars and also foldable chairs they've gone to now. So over the years, one of the things that I noticed was that uh, there's like hundreds of shoes lying away all over the place. Crime scenes, alleged mass shootings, drive-by shootings, anything connected to death. And I've been, I have this massive research vault. It's almost like uh, more than five terabytes that is for sale as well if you if you feel like supporting me, because this is being erased from humanity. These things do not exist anymore. YouTube, Google, it's being erased as we speak. So anyway, uh, the shoes. I started noticing shoes and I was like, I didn't understand it at all, but it was just like they were lying all over the place. And normally it was Nike shoes and photographers, especially from Associated Press, Reuters and, and Getty's images seemed to be really fascinated by these shoes because they had this tendency of taking all of these shoes where the horror was in the background and the shoe was in the foreground. I thought that is bizarre. Because also you have to almost lie on your stomach to take photos like that, to get that angle. Why would anyone do that? So I had a folder with, that I just named shoes, very original. And I started filling it with shoes from all over the world. And I was like, what is going on with the shoes? And then I started noticing a lot of alleged victims was without one shoe or without two shoes, but not the shoes that were lying there. It was not the same. Uh, and these shoes were like most of the time brand new and also with the, you know, like undone. So ha, ha. I don't know. The last time I was shot at, you know, I didn't stand, you know, wait and say, I'm going to take off my shoes so I can move faster. I don't, that's not the normal thing. Then you have like, take uh, Google Dayton, uh, Dayton, Ohio, a mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio. There are like 24 pairs of trainers in a parking lot piled in a big pile of shoes and cordon off area. That's a mass shooting, they say. Please explain to me, how did that thing happen? How did these shoes end up there? Were the victims vaporized by some laser gun? Or was it Scotty beam me up? Or did somebody throw, how did it happen? No, is that a, mass, a scene of a mass shooting? No, it's a scene of a lot of shoes piled up in a big heap. So I really started, there's, there's something bizarre going on with the shoes. So I did different shows. Uh, one of them called The Soulless Shoes of Death because it was always connected to death and it spread all over the place. And so I started getting from all over the world people sending me photos of shoes. And then I was contacted by a Freemason who said, you're doing great, you're doing great, but you don't understand uh, the value of these shoes and the, the meaning of them. I said, please info, enlighten me because I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know what, what's going on. And then he said, well, 
one shoe off, it's a Freemasonic ritual. One shoe off means that that person is doing it voluntarily, just like in their own rituals inside their not very nice headquarters and stuff. Uh, and two shoes off means uh, homage to the sacred space where this ritual is carried out. Okay, I thought, whoa, that's a new one. Because also what I noticed is that ever since uh, the alleged Holocaust, we've had shoes being connected to death. I've been around in these uh, alleged death uh, camps and stuff like that, museums being horrified myself of these piles of shoes where they said, that's the proof of a million people died, that they died here. When you look at it with a forensic type of mind, you see, no, it's a pile of shoes. It has nothing to do with as a proof that anyone died, but it is a symbol of death. Then you had in the Korean War, you had in the Vietnam War, you had in the Balkan War, you had in the Six-Day War, shoes, 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 piles of shoes, death, death, death. Don't question it. Look at them. The shoes are there. Who are you to even put a question mark in? And I, I don't know. The Sixth Day War, you, you look at that, it's out in the middle of the desert. Uh, uh, Israel and Egypt were fighting and they won and the, uh, the Egyptian soldiers escaped in panic, leaving behind the boots in the hundreds. I don't know, if you live in the desert area, please walk out bare feet, tell me, how does it feel? Do you feel like taking off your shoes or put them back on? I would say your shoes will be baking within two and a half seconds. You would not do that. So why are the boots there? You got the expressions boot on the ground. You got all kinds of things around boots, boots, shoes, boots. Anyway, so I was doing these shows. And then I did uh, many shows with CIA whistleblower Cody Snodgrass, who for 20 years had been into black ops, but knows a lot about MKUltra as well. And he said, I think there's a whole different level to the shoes than you are aware of. I said, please tell me. He said, when they break someone down to become an asset, an MKUltra asset, the way they do it is they, they put this in poor individuals through absolute horror and hell. What they do is they torture them or they rape them or whatever. The idea is to get the, the individual in such a state of pain that the personality, it's almost like the soul is trying to escape the intense pain and boom, suddenly a secondary personality is, is created. It's really bizarre. Boom, you got two personalities, schizophrenia, but he is created and boom, you can get more than one. And so they found out, they, they've been doing these experiments since the 50s and onwards, that they could actually create that, but they needed a trigger so that they could switch between these personalities. It's called a trigger. So what they found out is if they kept showing the same symbol or play the same song, or I mean, it could be Mary Had a Little Lamb or it could be an upside down Dalton or whatever, every time this person was being raped or tortured, in the end, there were no need for the torture anymore. There were no need for the, for the rape anymore. It was enough just with the trigger. And you will see that in many Hollywood movies where you got like a car mechanic who's just going around with his daily work. He get a phone call, Mary had a little, suddenly he's an assassin. <laughs> he goes into that and he's under their spell. So it's not something to underestimate. And so what Cody said, he, this is a theory, he doesn't know it for sure, but I really resonate with that. He says, since at least the, the Second World War, we have been, our minds have been connecting death 
with the symbol of the shoe, the shoe. So uh, in the end, if you see like here, horrible thing, shoe, horrible thing, shoe, horrible thing, shoe, you don't notice the shoe. You just look at the thing in the background, an airplane crash. Yeah, you see some smoke and, and some nothing else. And then like a sandal of a baby. And you think, oh, my God, a baby has died. No, it's a, it's a sandal of a baby, and there's a smoke in the background. That's what you see. But your mind goes in. And I think nowadays when most of us are in a state of the post-traumatic stress syndrome at all times because humanity is like being hammered from all different directions, when you keep seeing the shoe, the shoe, the shoe, the shoe, in the end, just like with the MKUltra uh, victims, you don't need the real thing. The trigger is enough like the data know how Ohio. Check that out. It's a pile of shoes. What was the symbol of the Las Vegas shooting? It was a pair of boots with the American flag on. What was the, uh, the New York Times had on page one, a photo of some ketchup and a shoe. That's it. You see a mass shooting, drive-by shooting in Baltimore. What's the, it? you see a shoe. There's nothing of the victim. There's nothing like that. So anyway, the Uvalde oh, shooting too. The Uvalde shooting, not to interrupt, but the the, the green converse. It's just like I after, know. After your reporting, I saw the green converse, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just like it's here we go again. Here we go again. And that is in. I think I'm up to maybe a thousand shoes, and then in came Matthew. Come on, Matthew, this is what you can get from me. I I really used to like you. Really, this is not okay. You know, I don't know what good came out of it for you, but that is absolute. Also, Will Smith and Chris Rock and these type of things that are now playing in these games. Not okay. Shame on you. So, uh, and on the, you know, like uh, Matthew standing there laughing, saying, oh, the only way they could identify this girl was from the shoes. Was she totally blown to pieces? Where, why are there no stains on the shoes? Yours, your, I think it's his wife is sitting there with them in the lap. Very strong green color. I, I like that you pointed out. Very strong green color. That's the first time with a green color, except for Boris Johnson's tie. Very green tie. When he came to Ukraine, just before the whole thing started, with, I would say, the green color saying, go ahead. We're going ahead. You know? So, anyway... And what was the what was the color of the photo of the dress of the of the victim that he holds up? Purple. Deep purple. Deep purple. Yeah. And it's not even of her in the age where she is. Now it was as, as a little child. So you have the anyway. So the shoes, the shoes. So I pumped that out in the hundreds in interviews. I've done like a one thousand one hundred interviews, something like that now. And pumping it out. So these shoes have become sort of like a joke. People are making jokes about them everywhere. If you even go to the BBC website when something happens, people are pointing out the shoes, saying, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. So the fear grip is loosening around shoes. So from I believe from around 2018, they started, they were in a situation where they thought, oh my God, millions of people are becoming aware of what we're doing. Not good, not good, and not good. We need to do something. So in 2018, they started swapping over to making a shift towards bicycles instead, because it needs to be something discreet, something that are subconscious. Like if they had been leaving like uh, uh, pink umbrellas everywhere, every time something happened, there was a pink umbrella. People would start noticing and say, listen, there's a pink umbrella again and a pink umbrella. It needs to be something discreet that just affects your, sublim so your subconscious 
and triggers it without you understanding. So it, a bus would work uh, or bicycles, bicycles, baby cars, because also baby cars is very emotional. You know, oh, it's a baby. So and um, now also they go cheap here. So they have foldable chairs. I'm going to come to that. So in 2018, they started to do the move over there. And one of the things, because they need headliners to get the information out there big time. So what was the headliner? It was George Bush Sr., bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, and bad boy. How did they do it? Well, his cardiologist was shot in Houston inside uh, uh, the hospital area in a drive-by shooting. Okay, fair enough. Well, the doctor was on a bicycle. And the shooter was on a bicycle. And what the images from the crime scene was of the bicycle. Do you see what I'm saying here? Like, when, when have you had a drive-by bicycle shooting before? It's like, and I, and I love it. They, they, uh, they always have these things with the names of the victims or people involved. There's very often a, a sexual, um, like a joke, almost like they're, they're teasing us. But here his name was uh, Dr. Hausknecht, but they said Dr. Hausknecht uh, was the name of this uh, doctor. I mean, I don't know if he even existed. But anyway, uh, some of the other names I just want to say, like we had Annie Dick on S. That's a nice, nice name for you. Annie Dick on S. Huge Dick in Sun. Uh, we had so many Cocks, uh, Joe Cox, uh, uh, Mark Cox. Cockburn, uh, Ray Cockburn, um, uh, Dick Cox. I mean, who would? I'm I'm who, starting to like these guys at the at NATO. They're they're cracking me up a little bit. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm kind are. of connecting with this uh, this inappropriate humor. Oh, no, I know. I know. How about Wayne Sexton from the? I was just gonna say. I'm sorry, let me just steal your thought. That one was just crazy. Caesar Caesar psyop. <laughs> Do you remember that I mean, like three or four years ago, the Trump guy was like Psyoc, but it was Caesar Psyop. Oh, geez. Robert yeah, Crimo. Crimo, but no, but nowadays they're for some reason they started going to the Wild West. For for some years, it was the end of the Second World War where all of these dates were connected to dates in 1945 and 46. Now, for some reason, they've started with uh, the Wild West, I think maybe also to point in. So you had like uh, recently the uh, the Baltimore, I think it was in Baltimore, the subway uh, shooting there, absolute bullshit crap. But his name was Frank James. Frank was James. New York, was the, yeah. Like Jesse New York, yeah. yeah. Jesse James' brother, Frank James. Then you have another one, Pearl Hart. Pearl Hart was another. She was the daughter of Bell Star, I think, but also, um, uh, but also, now maybe I'm mixing them together. Pearl Hart at least was one of the outlaws in the Wild West, one of the few uh, women. Then uh, now we have Robert E. Robert E. Crimo, Crimo, really Crimo. But Robert E. Right away, your subconscious go Robert E. Lee. You know that it's that's how they play you. So anyway, so we start the uh, and one of the things also they've started to do. Uh, it started, as far as I know, with, uh, did you hear a lot about the, the uh, boys that did, um, got stuck in a cave in Thailand? There was a whole global media coverage yep. of this group of boys 
in. And all the time when this happened, one of the main images that was pumped out was of a Nike football shoe, massive logo, and in the background, the bicycles, right? When I saw it, like, whoa, whoa, come on. And in the at the whole time they were talking about it oh my god somebody should make a movie of this oh it's almost like watching a movie oh it's like they're almost following a script yeah exactly and so that whole thing totally staged the boys didn't even come from thailand they were drugged down they were flown in they were flown out uh there was they said that they had to put them uh put them under to get them out so they couldn't speak they couldn't make any comments and so on. now netflix is making a big one about that whole thing i, I pointed it out years ago saying it's going to come you had clint eastwood that i used to love with like a million dollar baby beautiful movie what the hell happened, Clint? I mean, really? You're really old now. Shouldn't you die with dignity? No, he made like a movie called The 913 Train to Paris. That is based on a false flag, low budget, absolute crack operation. I will now give you the scenario. Okay, on a train 19, 913 towards Paris, you had like three uh, US Marines. That is normally not the case in Paris. But anyway, they were on the train. So one of them passed the the bathroom on the train and he heard the sound of a Kalashnikov trying to be loaded. Okay, but he had been in Afghanistan, so he knew the sound of an AK-47, but it was jamming. So this Muslim terrorist had tried to go into the bathroom and, and load his AK-47, but was um, it was messing with it, it was jamming. So this U.S. Marine, he stood and waited outside, waited for the Muslim terrorist to appear. And then the Muslim terrorist appeared and they jumped him. And there was a lot of boom, boom, boom. And oh, my God, drama. It was amazing. And the U.S. one, can you believe it? All three of them jumped him. So what happened? I mean, I, I exposed that, put it apart years ago. Now Clint Eastwood has made a movie where the crisis actors are playing themselves in the movie. I mean, wake me up. What is going on, Alice in Wonderland? So here they have, because I think because Hollywood is running out of ideas, it's been recycled a hundred times. All the good stories have been told so many times. But one of the best genres are uh, based on a true story, whatever that means. These are the things that catches the audience. So here now they start creating like the cave thing in Thailand. That was a stage thing to get the media thing and pump out the fear and get some good stories out there and make an extra billion in a, in a media production, a film production. They've started doing this. Yes, please. And I would like to say, since you mentioned the Nike thing, let's talk about the marketing, the branding impact of this too. On the down low, yeah. Nike getting yeah. involved and in saying, how much money do you want for this? We got, we've got a budget for advertising. So we're, we're watching, we know that the American, well, the consumer, the worldwide consumer in general, but American consumer in particular is tuning out advertising quite a bit, you know, kind of overwhelmed with it. But what if it was part of the storyline itself? What if it was embedded advertising that just became a sort of off the record Nike co-branding with NATO 
on one of these events that winds up becoming a Netflix thing. They're all wearing Nikes, you know, and the whole they have to do is sponsor one junior high program nationwide. Say they are. Hey, we're going to contribute X amount of shoes a year to these. And then that, that justifies it on their budget. It, that nobody asks any questions. Yeah. Nobody cares. You know, it's it's much more advanced than that. Nike is not just a normal company. I, it is really dark, really, really dark. But you got company like Coca Cola. You got companies like uh, uh, I don't want to even want to say it. The one with the coffee uh, that Bill Gates' dad was part of. Uh, or Bill Gates himself, these type of companies are there. And I just want to point out also Google Maps are really into uh, helping the market as well because the marketing, because you can see that, uh, or they know that when something happens, millions of people will check it out in different ways, also on Google Maps. So when something happens, go down on Google Map and look for yourself what is there. So, for instance, when, do you remember, there was a, a guy in a, a yellow RV that blew himself up in Nashville, Tennessee. That was, by the way, where they left the clue towards Capitol Hill. I pointed Capitol Hill out five days before it happened, saying Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill on Michael Jacobs' show. And uh, so you'd go down, and exactly where this car is said to have exploded, after several hours of, please evacuate the area, mm-hmm. evacuate the area, there will be an explosion. Okay, so it just happened spontaneously, not, uh, and the shots were fired through the PA system on top of it. But anyway, you go down and you look at that exact spot and there's a Coca-Cola truck, mm. absolutely you know, polished and beautiful. And you could say, well, it was just an accident. It just passed when the Google uh, camera, no, there, there are orange cones placed around it. It is there stopping traffic, being taken photos of. So you have the Buffalo Bullshit shooting. You go down, you find the exact uh, uh, supermarket, top supermarket, that, by the way, the shooter drove four hours twice to go there to be able to shoot black people while shooting white people on the recording. Amazing. And shoes left inside the shop. They were the only people there. The victims were there. And then shoes spread out on the floor. I don't know about these things, but normally when I get shot, I don't fly out of my shoes. The shoe stays on. You know, it's like it's not a natural thing. At the Queen's Day massacre in, in Holland, there were even Wellingtons, boot, rubber boots left in the street. Normally, you're like two people that have to pull it off. No. But here. Not only you haven't been listening to Joe Biden, according to him, a nine millimeter can blow a hole in your lung. So imagine. What a larger caliber gun could I mean? You the the fact that there's even boots left, it's a miracle. It is surely we should take this as a uh, a sign from you know the benevolent state that they do have everything under control. As a matter of fact, because golly, those those little bullets make big holes. I stand corrected. <laughs> yes, of course you're right. So. Anyway, so we go to the top supermarket, go there, it's still there. You go down to the entrance and right in the entrance on Google Maps, there's a shoe. There's a a shoe right there. So uh, anyway, so they're trying to make this transfer. And so what happened? You you had the right after the uh, bullshit shooting, uh, then the Uvalde thing happened. Uvalde, the, the... Buffalo shooting is almost a copycat of the Christchurch 
shooting in New Zealand. Please look at NATO. It, you have to see it from a point of NATO or uh, there's this secret alliance that uh, was created after the Second World called Five Eyes, Nine Eyes and Forty Eyes. These are the things where these countries are working under the surface together. We don't see it. They are. And uh, so it's you can see this is how, how it's done. They're being transported in big C-130 military planes to U.S. Air Force bases or NATO Air Force bases, crisis actors, directors, makeup artists, crowds, because they need crowds, somebody, sometimes experts on pyrotechnics. It's a film set, a mobile film set that is being moved around and then taken from these airports where they land after dark uh, in buses to the place where they set up for a security drill, active shooter drill the day before or a few days before, where they rehearse. That's when all the good photos are taken, the high quality things, because they have to make sure that they got these uh, these images and also the footage. I call it the uh, catwalk of death, these very blurry uh, videos of people trying to save other people. You never see the and the quality is like an, a VHS uh, copy of a uh, Hungarian porn movie in the 70s. It's so bad. You can't see anything. You cannot see anything. But that's when all of these things are taken. And, and by the way, I want to point out, if you worry about terror attacks and mass shooting, you don't have to worry on a rainy day. It's never on a rainy day or a gray day because... They, they need the same type of sky in the background more than one day at a time because they blend the footage from the drill rehearsal to with the so-called live footage. So you have a mixture because if you control the media outlet, you can control what we think happened. It, that is key in these operations. So they always choose like a blue sky or almost blue sky so that they can mix these two without us noticing. But this is where I go in and check the, the angle of the shadows and the clouds, where the hell did the cloud go? And so on. that's how you can see it. I think, Monica, you wanted to say something. Is it, I mean, is it just NATO? And if so, like, is Putin a good guy? Why every once in a while, it's something to leak that, like the Victoria Newland call over the Ukraine coup. I obviously think that was Putin who had that and leaked it to show that they did the coup in 2014. It was U.S., but I wonder, I get confused sometimes because it seems like Putin plays along with some of these things, doesn't out ISIS as being like a U.S. operation, or I actually think Edward Snowden was a CIA agent, like still, and he doesn't out that. Like, do you think Putin's a good guy? You think he's just a guy who watches out for his own interests or do they do it too? Like, did they do sometimes some people say they do it like in Georgia and stuff like that. What do you have an opinion on that? I would say, welcome to the world of the CIA and the as these assets. It's uh, smoke and mirrors. It's in a labyrinth, inside a labyrinth, inside an enigma, inside with smoky corridors. With It's like that confusion is the name of the game. So I don't want to jump into that because that's a whole different. I don't trust the, world, the, Ukraine, uh, the war in Ukraine at all. The way we see it, absolutely zero. Please watch the, the movie Wag the Dog. That will ex explain to you what is actually going on. But you ask about Putin. Putin is a question mark in my world because he was one of the world, uh, the young uh, global leaders in the I'm 90s. I'm not sure about that. Did that even Neither. exist? Yes. 
God, yeah. Was, they, was, they scrubbed it. Was the timing it. quite right? They said you're, they you're scrubbed totally it. You're totally confident, Charlie, that he was a no, global leader? Not, okay. No, no. I'm not. This so, okay. So there's. Can I, from the, can I just say that this is an area, let's not go into there because that's a whole show on its own. Yeah. But probably. Putin, uh, I spoke to an MI6 agent many years ago and he said, way before Putin was really on the on the screen or sort of on the stage, he said there was that he got quite confused because when he was being trained as a young agent in England, one of the other agents there was Vladimir Putin with MI6, but also with, he's also said to have been KGB. He's also said to have been a, a young global leader as Zelensky. And so what is going on? That is the key. But then you also you have people that are being prepared at a, as a young age, at a young age, like the Shah of Iran, where they were a puppet to start with, but then they're given power. And then after a while, some of them say, well, why should I listen to you who just who gave me this power? You can just fuck off. I'm then they get do assassinated. What, and then they get assassinated or they get set up or they get used, like Saddam Hussein, who was an asset, and then suddenly he had to be demonized or they wanted to demonize him to turn him into an, an enemy. And then you had more than one Saddam Hussein, you know, like with these different, uh, just like confusion is the name of the game. But I just want to go back to the bicycles. So we needed we need headliners. So what better than presidents? So then you have like Joe Biden comes bicycling on a bicycle and falls over. And suddenly you have the whole world talking about Biden. For one thing, old, can we trust him? He was on a bicycle, 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 bicycle. What happened? The shoe got stuck in the wheel, so he fell over. You had uh, game host shows and talk shows. Everybody's making fun of the bicycle, the bicycle, the bicycle. Suddenly bicycles are on the mind of millions of people, they don't even know it. And then you have, uh, let's see here. Then we had in the US, you have to see that these things are coordinated. I asked you, I, I just made a, a big show, a three hour one with uh, Age of Truth TV, where I have this PowerPoint where I just pointed up, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. I mean, it's unbelievable. You had first, let me see in the right order. Bullshit shooting, then Uvalde. Uh, Biden fell. Then you had uh, uh, the Norwegian, I think the Norwegian gay uh, parade shooting, they say, gay parade. They had nothing to do with gays. There was, But we had this alleged mass shooting in Oslo, NATO again. Uh, the same owners of the buildings as uh, in the metro uh, attack in Brussels, NATO's headquarters mm -hmm. in 2016. The exact same, Olaf Torn is the guy. Anyway, so <clears throat> here we have, they say that this guy went around with an automatic weapon. <laughs> no photos of nothing. They haven't released the names of the victims. That That's nothing, nothing. But there are bicycles all over the place. Bicycles in the forefront. The images of the police, whatever SWAT teams, in the background. What is in the foreground? Bicycles, bicycles all over the place, bicycles. Okay, then we move to uh, the Highland Park shooting in, that you had on very specific date, Independence Day, okay? So uh, also the theme, the current theme, there are two different themes. You have one is something happens and then the FBI or the investigators, they come out and they say, we've had this guy on our radar for some time. 
But we couldn't do something. We couldn't do anything. I mean, we live in a democracy. We are lied by a law-abiding police officer. We couldn't do anything. And now we have this pile of dead bodies over there. Problem. So if you could just please be kind enough to give us the power to arrest on suspicion only, we would not have piles of bodies like that over there. Problem, reaction, solution. That is what they keep pumping up. We had him on the radar unfortunately dead people so what they're talking about is minority report and i tell you if it's like arrest on suspicion only i see five people here that would be taken away pretty fast you know because we have pre-crime that's something that that happened as of january 1st of 2021 bill barr set it up uh after there were two mass shootings back to back uh he uh called the shot several months before as soon as the the two mass shootings happened, one down in like Beto O'Rourke's hometown or something like that, and then the other one, it wasn't even a, a mass shooting. It was just the, the next day, and a couple of people got shot, and it was a brother and a sister and a boyfriend or something. And they made it sound like it. Trump comes out and goes, "We've got to be able to have the resources to to score scour the darkest corners of the internet to stop these incidents before they happen." And they drew, they announced that it was going to go. A guy named Daniel Baker is currently the longest serving inmate uh, for pre crime currently. Currently. Uh, although we, you know, that's the, uh, we don't know what that's going to look like going forward. Um, but there's a number of people that have been arrested for it, as it is. What, um, I had something else, but go ahead. Anyway, so, come back around. so that's one they want. And now there's also the mental health part where they want to be able to act where people are, uh, you know, not feeling good and then going out killing people. Once again, piles of dead bodies. And now they're starting to use conspiracy people that believe in conspiracy theories as mental ill, uh, which is on, you see on a global scale, that's what they try to do. And combine the two, then you have we will be able to arrest somebody that the neighbor can pick up and say, well, I listened, this guy was, uh, he was watching a movie about the JFK assassination. You better come and pick him up, pick him up, you know? So it's scary, scary, but they're combining these two now. So, uh, and also they add in a little bit about uh, being radicalized Islam, but it doesn't really work anymore. Islam is not uh, a key key, uh, theme at the moment. What they do instead is that they have, Instead of this shooter being uh, Islamic, because that is worn out, that scene, they have an, a person with dual citizenship, very often connected to two countries, like German, Afghani, or French, Tunisian, or Danish, Norwegian, whatever. So you combine it, uh, get the emotional impact in more than one nation. Also, the victims are very often from different nations as well, so that you've got these nations involved as well emotionally. So... Uh, I lost the thread. But anyway, so we had Biden going down, boof. And then uh, you had the uh, Highland Park shooting. Here we come from from, um, bicycles over to bicycles of children and baby cots. Check out the photos from the Highland Park shooting. They are all a psychological operation. Every single one of them is packed with kids, bikes, the American flag, gay colors, um, baby cots, and chairs that have been foldable and thrown in the middle of the street. And then in the background, you got the Ukrainian blue and uh, 
uh, yellow and blue, Sweden, uh, Kazakhstan, in the background. It's all over. And you got the police uh, officers walking around like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the violence was so horrible. Independence Day. But also you have one photo where you got the, the plastic, uh, what do you call it, the cordon of uh, plastic thing that the police are using. They tied it in like a yellow ribbon, you know, the symbol of the yellow ribbon that people are walking around with. What is that? It's for, as far as I know, it's very often used for support of people with suicidal thoughts or psychiatric people, people with psychiatric needs, this yellow ribbon, and also dead soldiers being brought back. So in, let me see, then right after that, we had a mass shooting in Copenhagen, they say. This guy was psychiatrically sick. He was walking around with a uh, rifle in a totally empty supermarket and allegedly shooting people. But what he was saying, he was recorded. He's saying, it's not real. It's not real. He was shouting, it's not real. It's not real. Anyway, so uh, they kept their photos of shoes, once again, massive shoes. <clears throat> and they kept uh, saying he was he had been looking for psychiatric help but he was there was no one there there was no nobody that could help him and now we have all of these dead bodies over there so the theme is the same look highland and then Denmark. Now Sweden, right after this happened, you have uh, there's a, an, a week every year on an island called uh, Gotland where people can meet politicians, top politicians and so on, everybody mingle and so on. It's a famous uh, week. So here we had, just before the speech of uh, Bilderberger, Annie Loeb, who, who they really, the elite have really tried to push as the next leader of Sweden. Bad, bad girl. Anyway, so she was just about to give her speech when a, a woman was murdered in a street just like there, in a side street, very easily controlled, uh, where the crowd was looking at her and suddenly there was this turmoil, boom, 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 boom. And uh, she was stabbed by this guy, but the police jumped him right away and hooded him. They brought a bag and hooded the guy before anyone could see him. Have you ever seen anyone get hooded ever, except in like Hollywood movies with kidnapped victims? No, they had a black bag boom, over the head and pulled him off. So this woman that was uh, murdered there officially. Who was she? She was the Z1 that coordinated psychiatric treatment for all of Sweden. What are the chances? And right next to where she was murdered, murdered, there's a shoe. So where was she murdered? She was murdered at, uh, they say, right outside a hotel that is called Donner Hotel. And Donner is a very famous Finnish family that lives in uh, in Sweden. So you have suddenly, and Sweden and Finland is right now being pushed, pushed to join NATO. And so very often also they have these movie productions that are there, that are being made for like a year or two beforehand, and they're going to be released exactly on the day when these things happen. We had the bow and arrow attack crap operation in NATO, Norway, where right on the day that we, it said that this guy was walking around with a bow and arrow, killing people in a supermarket. And so the movie that was just about to be released was about a guy walking around with a bow and arrow shooting people in a supermarket. I wonder, this is interesting. So when this happened in Sweden, when also pointed toward Finland, I looked for attack on Finland because I think it can happen any, any minute now, you know? So 
there's a movie called Attack on Finland. Isn't that interesting? And it was released on the 1st of July, backed by, I think it's Universal Pictures. This is a major production, which is also happening on Independence Day. Highland Park shooting, Independence Day. But here, uh, it was uh, they kidnapped the president and there was a whole bomb, bomb, bomb. So, anyway... I've been ranting on for a while. No, that's well, great. That's great. That's great stuff. They're yeah. using the same tactics, even um, this, like the 1985 Belgium Gladio random grocery store shootings there are being recycled back into Buffalo. You know, where there's not even a, a, the, they don't even have the odd, the care to mix it up. They're still, they're giving us, Re replays. Re you know? They're Re still using Jeffrey Pyatt and Victoria Newland in Ukraine. Victoria Newland was in Sri Lanka two weeks before the Sri Lankans started going like full color revolution there. But yeah, I speaking it's, of Ukraine, it's just if you ever Google, I remember as soon as you said about the shoes, MH17 that yeah, uh, whatever that yeah, was all about. The shoes, the shoes were everywhere. I remember thinking like, are, did anyone get their feet blown off or just their shoes? Like where, why is it just shoes everywhere? Baby shoes, Hello Kitty shoes. I was like, what the And they heck? just picked up all of the set and half the extras from the Syria operation going back to 2011 for Ukraine. It's the exact same propaganda. It's the exact, they almost brought out the exact same little like Aleppo kid. They did the the incubator babies thing from the first Iraq war where they were like, oh, they bombed a maternity ward. Mm -hmm. They wheeled the woman out, but she had this like beautiful homemade knit blanket as a stretcher because it was, you know, just the poor beleaguered war torn people of Ukraine. And then you find out that it really wasn't a maternity ward. It was housing mercs. There and was that bright pink that that she was covered. I mean, I, I don't think it was exactly magenta, but in the center of the thing it was all black and dark. And it was like the burned out maternity thing. And it was ridiculous because it had been emptied of pregnant women and stuff. But just front and center on the Wall Street Journal, it's all dark. And then that just bright blanket right in the middle. Yeah. But I love yeah. this, that, that you, you're from now on, after hearing this, you now are going to be viewing the world Differently, like the, the Biden-Monhoff effect, right? You're going to be damaguarding. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, one of the things that was pointed out to me recently that that I was like that really came up that I was like, yeah, that's a good point. That really leads to some circumstantial evidence about all this is the fact that like you'd think after all these years, all these school shootings and mass shootings and everything, there would be like a parent, you know, from one of these shootings come forward like being pro-gun, right? Like you think that there would be one of them coming forward and be like, hey, actually, you know what? No, we need like everybody should have guns. Like you don't see that ever. Every single time, each one of these narratives is controlled in such a way where the parents are always the only view across the board is we need to get rid of all the guns. So that right yeah. there tells you it's all all the narrative is orchestrated from start to finish on these. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That was just an interesting yeah. observation. Yeah. I had. Yeah. 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 You, you know, like they say, if it was an, if it was random, it would go in our favor at least once. Yeah. Exactly. But it exactly. just never does. Exactly. Just always is the same agenda. Exactly. You know, when you when you see, I mean, when something natural happens, you will have a discussion, you will have a debate. Some some will think this, some will think that, you know, like that. Then when they're orchestrated events and coordinated operations, 
like the pulling out of Russia when all of these big companies said, on go, everybody was pulling out. That is a coordinating military operation uh, organized through the World Economic Forum, I would say, that just pulled the rug out of Russia. You don't, you don't, and not one mainstream media outlet have said, maybe there's something we should look into, question anything. Like it's just Putin, bad boy, bad boy. That's it. That's it. You know, and poor the Ukraine, poor Ukraine. I'm not saying anything. I mean, I'm totally against wars ever, but look at what's going on. And Ukraine is a very interesting place. You know, these bio labs that was there big time. What happened with them? They were transferred to Sweden and still active. Sweden is a really, really bizarre place in a lot of these things. And Swedes as well, there's some handpicked people that keep appearing. Yeah. Um, so like I, I grew up, well, I grew up in Oregon, right? In Oregon. And uh, like the last 10 years, I've been in Eugene, which the town right next to it is a town called Springfield, uh, which Thurston High School, which is where the Kip Kinkle, like one of the original school shootings took place. Right. And so like, I'm very, I know lots of people that were technically there, you know what I mean? And so I, I was on, you know, I witnessed that. Also, you know, I wanted to point this out and this is just rewinding the clock way big time. So like um, Columbine was April 20th, 1996. And uh, oh no, excuse me, on uh, 1999, my bad, my bad. But uh, but then in 1996, there was the Port Arthur massacre over in uh, in Australia, Australia, and that's that was the one that they used to legitimately take like disarm the entire population. You know what I mean? Like like what what are your thoughts on how that impacted the the gun confiscation movement in Australia versus like what we're seeing today? And uh, like like do you feel like this is driving towards? disarmament or do you think it's like a larger more nefarious agenda going on are you asking me i mean sure yeah i mean yes oh yeah i'd like okay. to hear your opinion but anybody else yeah for sure absolutely yes it is the same the same the same the same the same and the same you've seen every time a dictator has taken over one of the first things they do is try to de-arm the population so that they can just go in invade rape plunder freely they're absolute super cowards they're very afraid of facing to no real real resistance they they're really that that's why all of these things are happening in the u.s because you're the only ones with guns i mean most of us do not have them at all you know so in other countries it's like in sweden for instance you have knife attacks so now they're trying to ban the knife sooner would be spoons and forks as well you know or a hammer attack. They're trying to take away these things from us. But it absolutely backfired in their face because they had this whole escalation of mass shootings, alleged mass shootings. I, I must say, I don't know of a real one. And I don't know of any real one. And I've looked into, I don't know how many. And the very first one that started was in Austin, Texas, up in the tower, this guy that even brought a compass up there just to make sure that he knew where he was in the tower and shooting there. That was the, en that was the entrance point for SWAT teams. That event on its own was the thing that created SWAT teams and made that uh, a legal thing. I mean, nowadays, if you grow carrots and the SWAT team knocks on your door, nobody reacts or collect rainwater. But I mean, in the old days, SWAT teams were something like really unusual. There was a second incident that solidified SWAT teams as the norm, even in the smallest police areas. And that was the North Hollywood 
shootout. It was a bank mm. robbery and the bankers mm. like pinned down the cops. But that looked totally fishy to me. And I live That's... in L.A. now. And like when the anniversary comes around, they talk about it on the on the radio. I start laughing. I'm like, I watched that live. No way. Yeah. Wow. And I watched at that, that live. Time, I, I was living in. Pilled? I was living in Manhattan Beach at the time. Yeah. Ninety seven when that happened. So you must have had no suspicion whatsoever that it was anything but real. I mean, it was wild. Shocking. Yeah, right. Mm. But now it's ridiculous. <laughs> like now yeah, that you know, people. now that you've been damaguarded, you kind yeah. of know it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but I gotta go is rewatch that... that though. Now I live <laughs> yeah. down the street from Columbine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not too far from Columbine. It's funny, Scott, you mentioned that because I just did an, an episode where I I I I reminded people of all of the, the common denominators of being SSRI drugs that these alleged shooters are on. Right. Too. So there's, yeah. there's this weirdness happening. If, you know, I think that, you know, there's school shootings that are, I don't know. I think there's, I don't think it's a one size fits all type of deal where there's, there's, there are some kids that go a bit crazy on the, on the, on the SSRI drugs and kind of lose their minds. But I also believe that they're being kind of managed into this. Groomed. They're being yeah. groomed. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. The only commonality, it's not always SSRIs. It's not always an AR-15. It's contact with it's the not, feds. It's prior contact with the mm -hmm. FBI. And yeah. they all go onto some gaming server and they are into a Discord server and they all get groomed by and or various FBI agents for a year to four years. Mm -hmm. And then when they need them, one of them goes and gets activated. But the, the common thread in every case is prior contact with the FBI. Yeah. And yeah. the FBI has been going nuts with uh, behavioral experience. This is something that we've talked a lot about on the show. It's something that I would love to get you guys' opinions about. Because I don't even think that you need MK Ultra as a program where you recruit people and you go take them into a basement at Harvard and you go drop some LSD into their eyeballs and show them some images. Because we've got that almost put into every child in the West's hands from birth is yeah. the that kind of desensitization and that kind of separation. You've got that. You've got the fact that like children are supposed to be different people to different at different times throughout the day depending on who they're talking, you're kind of forcing mm -hmm. that state onto people from infancy. By the time they get to junior high, where kids are arguably at their cruelest, you know, that's an experiment <clears throat> almost, if not in MK Ultra, <laughs> in, you know, like, let's say, let's say like, like touch football torture or flag football torture. Like you're getting the basics down. You're learning the fundamentals yeah. of the game. You yeah. may not be, you know, full pads and hitting, but you're learning where, how your body's supposed to move. You're getting the muscle memory built up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, like, you know, uh, they're telling us, they're telling us that they have the technology to implement red flag laws. They're telling us that they have the technology to use artificial intelligence or machine learning or something in order to determine who is a potential threat. You know, why can't, well, and my, my thought is like, what if they're using that behind the scenes already to, you know, using all of our data to, 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 to determine who is more susceptible to being, you know, one of these shooters, right? They can, they can aggregate all your data to determine. And it's like, I've heard, you know, like Facebook can predict be, when you're about to be in a relationship before you are, you know what I mean? Like they know everything about you. They know like what time you're going to use the restroom. They know where you're going to be a week from Tuesday because based on your past behavior, right? They have all the data to do that. 
So therefore, why couldn't they just like use all that data to you know, just basically determine, okay, this group of people right here, like these five people in these five different cities are the, the most, the number one most likely to be a school shooter. And then they can direct all of their, you know, handlers towards that person to kind of steer them in that direction. It's like, it's, it's probably pretty easy to do at this point, right? To, to pick it, them out it, of the crowd. It is, but I tell you, I, I mean, I really look for these MKUltra assets, but I don't find them. I find them in the form of the patsies that goes down for it. But it's like, if there is a real shooting, which many times there's not, uh, if there's a real shooting, they rely on professionals. These people are are professionals. They go in, they know what they're doing. They do the killing, not a problem. They're accurate with their weapons, boom. And then a patsy go down. They will be left, uh, they're they're sitting looking totally drugged in the uh, courtroom. I mean, I've even been contacted by a family of one of these these alleged shooters that had absolutely nothing to do with it, but was somebody not well, uh, you know, and was being under treatment and also with the FBI before. FBI is super important to become aware of because they, when you really look into it, they are there before the crime, preparing, equipping, training, uh, recruiting, also in total deception. You know, people don't understand what they're signing up for. They don't understand what they're getting themselves into. And then after the, the so-called crime happens, they're there on the crime scene taking care of evidence. No, they're redirecting, they're replacing the real evidence with things that will point towards the patsies. The FBI are crucial in this whole thing. And they're not, they're supposed to be in the US only. I think not. They're all over the place. They're in Sweden after the body bombing here. Uh, in Indonesia, who was on site within 30 minutes? People in FBI codes. Mm-hmm. The closest f- flight is, uh, I think, 14 hours to get here. Within 30 minutes here, what does that tell you? And the, so you have to be aware of, I, w- I would say, the people we are being told are the good guys, watch out. The people that are said to be the bad boys, these are the people that may you might look into. It's the same thing with things they're trying to ban, like colloidal silver. Whatever they try to ban, I look into it. I like, oh, thank you for pointing it out. I had no idea cinnamon was so good. You know, vitamins are vita, it means life. Maybe that's good for you. No, the things they try to ban, it's upside down, it's an inverted reality they're trying to push on us, and that's evil for you. Yeah, absolutely. So but one of the things that always stood out to me in looking at these like situations, like Charlie, I remember you mentioned on, I've heard on one of your shows early on talking about like, there's like five things to look for when you see yeah. the news media immediately jumping on one of these stories. Like, do you remember those off the top of your head? Or can you yeah, it had to do with the San Bernardino shooting. Yeah. And I was sitting in front of, uh, I was sitting on the couch with my, my mom had come over to my house and we turned on the TV and we hadn't heard it anything about it and it was like breaking news but and i and i immediately hit mute and i just turned to my mom and i said i don't know what's going on here and you don't know what's going on here right and she goes no and i said well if i could tell what i said I'll t- i'm going to tell you five things that are going to happen in this event right here and if i tell you these five things and you are and, and by tomorrow i'm able to prove each one of them will you believe that i that these events are not real or, or not as they're made. She goes, of course, if you can tell me. She goes, but they got to be specific. And I said, they will be. So it was like, I said, all right, the people are, whoever's involved in the shooting is going to die for sure. They're also going to leave a manifesto. 
the manifesto is going to be discovered by the feds. Okay. Uh, there will be conflicting early accounts, like early within the first couple hours of a different looking person doing the shooting, typically in military fatigues or of military age doing the shooting that looks nothing like the, the person. And, and the media will pin it on a suspect within the first three hours. She goes, that's pretty specific. And all of those things happened within the first day of San Bernardino. And I said, look, there, so she said, well, what do you think happened? And I said, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. I just know what didn't happen. And what didn't happen is that you have a shooting and you say they left a manifesto at their apartment. And then they say, then the FBI says, we went to the apartment. It was a veritable bomb manufacturing facility. And then the next image you see is of them letting the entire media into the apartment to wander aimlessly around for 30 minutes going, Hey, I found a note. Hey, I found a manifesto. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the most unprofessional, unrealistic thing I've ever seen. And like at the, after that, I remember my, my mom said, I will never question you about these things ever again. Like that was scary accurate. And I said, well, I can't take all the credit for it. I mean, there's been a lot of people that point these things out and it's cumulative. And once you sort of know what to look for, you'll see these signs. And so I think that like a show like this, when Scott, when you reached out, I was like, well, you know, the goal of the show is to give everybody some kind of new thing to keep your eyes out for. You know how like if you 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 come across a car you like, and then the next day you see an ad for that car and you're like, whoa. And then you see the car again and you're like, oh, it's just, there's something about it being in your mind. You, you just pick up on it easier. And I think that like with like, I'm obviously very, we're all very familiar with Ole's work. Ole is not, has done a very good job of being very specific in a way in an industry that is let's just say devoid of specificity for the most part, this conspiracy thing where it's really hard to pin anything down. The thing that's been nice about Ole's work has been that you have been able to really say, look for this and look for this and look for this. And once you start looking for colors and bikes and shoes and names that sound funny, a funny thing happens. You see them everywhere because your mind is ready to accept it. So it's it's important to have like these conversations. I, I mean, I would say, period. I mean, the, the power of this group, I think is nice because it's everything is exponential where it will go out on all of our channels in some form and reach a lot of people. And then fr from there, those people, it'll be fresh in their minds. So when they see it, they see this next event, which there will be one, it has no power over them anymore because they know what it is. And that is like the most important thing that you can give someone. So, so to, I want to make sure that we, you know, that we're, that I'm appreciative of, to you, Ole, of your work and you and I've talked in Mexico and you've been on my show and, you know, it, but, but like you, you really have, have given people tools that have allowed them to see the world a little bit differently 
and take away the power from that magician. And that's a really cool trick in and of itself. So thank you. Thank you so much. Can I can I just comment on that? I'm not sure which one of the of the um, um, God, what was the shooting you just? San Bernardino. San, San Bernardino. Bernardino, because there's been multiple there, uh, but there is one, and I think that's the one you're referring to. The couple, where, the husband and wife. Where, exactly. Yeah, but the people first saw three people in in military outfit. The way they described them was identical to the what people in Paris. Uh, saw with the shooters at the Bataclan thing that was just a few yes. days before. So I'm saying, would it be the global tour of terror? Would it be possible? You have your assets, the professional, do, 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 do. Thank you so much. We lead them out. And the way they lead them in, the reason why they are in police outfit or black outfits is because boom, 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 shooting. Oh my God, oh my God, they hide behind some kind of whatever. The SWAT team comes in with the same outfit, but with helmets on. There's like maybe eight people in the SWAT team. They go in, there were three shooters, and there's 11 people in SWAT team outfits going out. Where did they go? The shooters are gone. No, that they're over there. The dead couple are over there. Do you see? That's that's why they appear in these uh, uniforms because in out they they use these uh, uniforms. So I strongly, strongly, so I pointed it out also. The Badakan shooters, the ones that were real, because a lot of it was set up. There were some real shooting in one of these cafes. These people that were observed there, put on a plane, whoop, flown to San Bernardino, are once again a community that was very, very, as far as I understood, had a bit, uh, financial really difficult situation. And then after this shooting, it started blossoming again. Mm. Uh, if two, I can. Yeah, sorry. The, if just, I can there were please, two other things on San Bernardino where it was the same FBI guys. Mm. And, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it was the same uh, FBI guys as the LAX shooting, and the people said that the guy that they were patsies. Those were two things, Ole, that you were saying always look out for. And it was like the exact same FBI guy standing behind the police chief yeah. in two back-to-back things. And then the family also said the lawyer even said, Now I understand Sandy Hook. Like these people had nothing to do with this. And I was wondering if there were some of the people who looked to you because they clearly were yeah. patsies and they did die, like Charlie said. I'm really happy that that people are t- taking it to them. I've even had people from the Swedish government, from the Swedish uh, uh, Minister of Defense, who contacted me after the truck attack, the alleged truck attack, that I totally blew the cover on that one, and thanked me and said, because they were locked in when this whole thing happened. The whole uh, big parts of the government was locked in while all of these things happened. And they said, we didn't understand what was happening. Now I see you showed me what happening. So even on that level, they're starting. And police officers, military are also coming in and saying, now I see it, now I see it. So, but what I wanted to point out is... Uh, there's this question like Sandy Hook and like Uvalde and how is it possible? Are you telling me everybody's lying? I mean, how is that possible? So I just want to refer to dear Mr. Alan Dulles, who is the director of the CAA, who is one of the real, 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 I don't know what to call it, but not a very nice name, he and his brother. They were part of it all the way from the Second World War and onwards. And anyway, he was once in Greece together with Fletcher Prouty, who's uh, one of my few heroes. Uh, Fletcher Prouty is uh, the guy who worked in Pentagon, was in Black Ops during the 50s and 60s, very skilled, 
person, very honorable person. And then after the JFK movie, oh, JFK assassination, he became uh, the one of the first whistleblowers that I learned so much from. He is the guy that is Mr. X in the Oliver Stone movie, JFK. Excellent movie. Excellent, excellent, excellent movie. I have found nothing. It's the only thing with that is the truth is even bigger. But that movie, unbelievably good, in my opinion. So anyway, Fletcher Prouty. Uh, he told the story that he and Alan Dulles was in Greece once. They were driving around. And then Alan said, uh, listen, Fletcher, do you know what that is? And he was pointing at sort of like uh, like a gated community. And Fletcher said, uh, no, is it sort of like a resort or something? And Alan said, no, no, all ours. They're all ours in Greece. Well, and Fletcher was, what, what do you mean? He said, grandparents, kids, people, photographers, what everyone there, our assets. So they can be activated or used or whatever, if we need them. If they don't, they just live a normal, beautiful, luxurious life in this area. If needed, we activate them, boom, they go out, they do what is needed and back. One, used to bees, wannabes, uh, the whole shebang in that. And he said, we got these places all over, all over. This was in Greece. I tell you, when you look at Sandy Hook, I would suggest that that whole place is one of these communities. Every single one inside that is an asset. That also, uh, the area with the mental institution, this horrible hospital that has even been used in, in horror movies and also in all kinds of weird, bizarre experiments in the 50s, 60s, or whenever that was going on, all of them. I even have a friend who, who have, has relatives in Sandy Hook, who's married to one of the police officers, the whole thing is bizarre, bizarre. Ole, I work in real estate and I have access to, as a broker, I have access to look at certain records. And I decided to pull a record search on Sandy Hook and take a look and see what I saw. And what I saw were about 15 $0 transactions in 2009 three years before. Whoa. Now, $0 transactions aren't that unusual. It could be moving a, a, something into a trust or a, whatever, or into an LLC. There's nothing inherently nefarious about that. The thing that was very unusual was that all of these transactions happened on Christmas Day, which does not there are no recording. It's a holiday. You don't record on Christmas. Those offices aren't open to record any of that. So whoever recorded those transactions for those home purchases at $0 had to be inside the system. Well, I believe had to be inside the system because the title companies and all of the, and the county offices needed to close and finalize and record on that day would all be closed for Christmas. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And that, that that was the one question that I like wanted to get into in this particular conversation. And this is probably a good time is like, you know, so we can talk about like the Aurora shooting. We can talk about Parkland. You know what I mean? Like we might get some weird looks, but Sandy Hook is forbidden. You cannot talk about Sandy Hook. Why is that? Is it simply because the evidence to the fact that there is something nefarious going on is so glaring, like what Charlie was describing? Like, is it is it that or is it something bigger and deeper? It's well, like, it, <clears throat> it's if 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 they'll lie about killing kids, they'll lie about yeah. anything. 
that sort of thing. That's how it But I've there were so many conflicting stories immediately with Sandy Hook from like people who were supposedly on the ground there. Like there was everything kept changing and everything kept changing. And if you raised your hand, you were immediately smacked down. And they got to to take Alex Jones's head from most or all, you know, the all consequential social media platforms and streaming platforms as a result of it. He still financially as well. Yeah. Maybe the same time Ole did. I lost all my WordPress stuff because of that. In COVID, we saw an exact repeat of that playbook for anybody who stuck our hands up and asked questions about it. We we've seen it in any matter of free speech. You see it any the 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 first people to raise their hand in the middle of a crisis and go, "Hey, wait a minute, hang on, I don't think that's how we're supposed to do that." Those are the people that get ran off immediately because you're just not allowed asking questions is treason. Didn't you read the 2012 NDAA? Yep. Can I comment? Absolutely. Okay, so Sandy Hook is uh, one that I've been very involved in, <clears throat> one of hundreds. And uh, Sandy Hook, I was part of publishing a book called that, that was released not long after that. We tried to, we published a whole series of books within months of these events. This one is called uh, No One Died at Sandy Hook or in Sandy Hook. Uh, it was published by uh, Professor Jim Fetzer, myself, and other. There were like eight or 10 top researchers uh, where, that are in this book. It was the first book, as far as I know, that Amazon ever banned. Uh, so we, when that got banned, we republished it with a, a new cover banned by Amazon to use that. And then the book that was banned, that was stopped because we couldn't get it out. We couldn't even get it on print on demand, our own. It was stopped. So we, we put it out as a PDF. And you can go to my website, lightonconspiracies.com, lightonconspiracies, plural, or damagard.com. <clears throat> By the way, Ole Damagard, which is my weird name. I'm the only one with that name on this planet. Go to that and you'll see that the NSA has taken it over. It's, it's a bizarre legal firm company with governmental saying check it out oladamagard.com i tr- i don't know why they stole it right in front of my eyes but there you go so anyway go to the shop in the shop uh, you can download it for free nobody died at sandy hook it's about three four hundred pages of just like going through the different look at that look at that look at that it was a fema drill absolutely nothing happened no one died these kids that was uh, one of them was taking a, a photo in the lap of Obama a day, a few days after they've been celebrated at the Super Bowl uh, events, uh, taking photos of all of them. They're still alive. We had now Vicky Soto, one of the victims. She was now one of the the um, teachers in Uvalde. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So anyway, so. I want to say when it comes to Sandy Hook and Alex Jones, I do not badmouth people easily. But I tell you, sometimes we have to watch out. And uh, uh, Edward Snowden was uh, mentioned. I would say Julius Assange. Uh, I stand for this totally. The the other people here have nothing to do with it. I take full responsibility. These type of people that if they even fart, it's in mainstream media. You have to ask yourself, what is going on here? Because I have, I'm in contact with high level truth, incredible whistleblowers that are given zero chance to step forward, that are being 
the only times when people like myself and these other ones are asked to join, I've had invitations from BBC, ITV, Granada TV, whatever. I always say, no, thank you, because I know it's an ambush. Every single time they are there to destroy us. And so with Jim Fetzer and uh, Walter Holbeck, who are two of the heavyweights that have been looking into Sandy Hook big time, really going for it, these two were taken to court by Lenny Posner, one of the alleged parents of one of the alleged kids, Noah Posner, that also happened to die two years later, once again, this time in a, a mass shooting in Pakistan. Same boys, same photos, same everything, like recycling the same crap. So anyway, four different death certificates. Uh, Jim Fetzer was taken to court. He was sentenced for half a million dollars, even though... I mean, and I told him he was so, you know, he said, I've got all the evidence. I'm lo- looking forward to go to court with this whole thing. I said, it's absolutely rigged. They're going to take you down. And what happened? Boom. It was rigged and they took him down. And even uh, Larry Posner, the father of the child, keeps changing appearance. He looks very different. In, and most of the time he's, uh, uh, he's blacked out. So, but what they did with Alex Jones... In my opinion, Alex Jones, I used to really admire him, absolute control opposition. Sorry to say that. Letting out a lot of incredible information and at the same time, boom, leading us astray, leading us astray away from what actually happens. So sorry about that. But Alex Jones, so why did they pick Alex Jones here? Here was suddenly Alex Jones taken to court. That whole thing, in my opinion, was staged to freak the people like us out, you know, if they can even get to Alex Jones, oh my God, oh my God. No, the real people that were standing up was Professor Jim Fetzer, Walter Holbeck. These were the people that went down. Alex went up there and said, okay, I mean, nobody died, nobody died, and scared people like us off, saying, oh my God, if they can hit him, they can hit everyone. I think that was a whole psyop to shut us up. And, uh, and he had yeah. his own he had his own revenue stream set up and he probably makes more money not being on YouTube and being only on his own stuff. And then it gives it's, him an excuse to take his stuff off of YouTube. I agree with you. And Edward Snowden from like the first week, they, he won an Oscar. I mean, Snowden, <laughs> it's like right? it's, Snowden is another guy. I mean, when you look at it, it's. Look from a psychological point of view. If these are psychological operations, how are you going to reach to people and say, be afraid, be, you know, anything you think or say on your cell phone, or if it's there, it can hear you, it can listen. Years before it was actually set in, in motion, these type of things, how can you control the whole world? You let one guy out, you pay one guy out and say all of these things and make a whistleblower, this whistleblower hiding in Russia so the CIA can't even find him, but all of these journalists can find him? Really? I don't think so. I mean, I can track people like that down. You know, so, and I'm, I mean, was even in contact with some of the journalists that was uh, set up with him to start with. It's like the whole thing. And then they're like, uh, they become movie stars and they, all of that. It's a setup because we need heroes, we need heroes, so they create heroes for us as well. If they and, didn't have a, a honeypot like Assange, they'd have to create one. So what is it? They have to have something to get whistleblowers to come to them. Someone has to be that. Who else could it, it possibly be? Okay, Assange, I'm sorry, so many people love Assange. I mean, he's... I know, uh, WikiLeaks is... Uh-oh. When, <laughs> sorry, but anyway, there's an incredible cook, uh, book by Daniel Estolin called Deconstructing WikiLeaks. 
if you check that one out, he goes in through the whole, the board members, the financing, the set, the background, the history. It's like the, the military industrial complex are there. All so what they're doing, and they used, Assange came from a, a sect as a child in Australia, a very bizarre sect where he was one of the kids. Then he just disappeared from a long time, and boom, he was there. Like this whole phenomena of WikiLeaks, where I would suggest the military-industrial complex understands that they need to throw us a bone here and there so that we will think, oh, look at this. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing, but it's only a tiny little part of of what is actually being hidden. And then we think, oh, we got a hero. We don't have to do anything because they will do it for us. And then you have the whole setup around now. He's such a, the whole court case and poor this and poor that. While we should be focusing on what the hell is going on in the world right now, because it is serious. They're really getting at us. They're getting us. They're getting us from every angle. That's really the problem. Is it feels like it feels like it's a 360 degree assault. Yeah. And I think that they need, I think that if they can get us questioning everything, questioning reality, that we're really destabilized. I mean, I know that like I get into this, these topics and I want to believe like good things. I want to believe that it's not all fuckery. I want to, but then I, but I don't even know who, I don't know who, to trust anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hello. Hello. Can I, I, I think just everybody, say, I like everybody in this room, everyone in this call right now, man, let's just stick together. Just keep pumping out truth. We'll be all right. Yeah. We are. We, <laughs> yeah. are, we are all right. We are all right. We're in a war of propaganda. Why do they need propaganda? Mm. Because they are so few and we are so many. Why do they need this mind uh, manipulation? Why don't they just take over and just say, all of you up in the corner, get rid of you. They don't because it's like the Wizard of Oz. They are so few. We are now pulling the curtain saying, we see you, old guys, a handful of them, some women that used to be women and that are not anymore. I don't know what they are. I mean, that's it. That's it. We are so many incredible beings. They are so few super psychos. What the hell? We shouldn't even have shows like this. It's a joke. So if you want to believe in good, look out the window, listen to your heart. Don't turn off the screens. These are the ones that scare you. They are the ones telling you life is hell. Life is horrible. There are crimes everywhere. Look at the cat. He knows the truth. He he is totally relaxed and say I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm just gonna boom. <laughs> well, like, there's my cat me on the stomach. My cat he's is the, here to hear Ole's. You know how he, I. Ole always wraps up. Uh, Ole always wraps up with uh, with the prayer. Yeah. So I wanted to have the cat around yes. for the uh, for to so that the cat wouldn't miss the prayer. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I want to oh, make sorry. sure we're mindful of everybody's time. I know this is some of our like not not uh, first podcast of the day, so I want to kind of maybe wrap things up here as we're winding down here. But I did I did have one more line of questioning that I wanted to just throw out there real quick and then want to make sure everybody gets answered or questions answered and then we'll just kind of wrap it up. But so, you know, when we look at these things too, we, we look at like who benefits, like who benefits the most from whatever, whatever it is we're talking about. Right. And like applying like the Occam's razor thing, like, like the simplest solution. Okay. For example, I was working at Cabela's in 2012 
Uh, actually, I was I was the one that ran the 4473 federal firearms paperwork at the gun department in Cabela's when Sandy Hook happened. So I was working in the gun department when Sandy Hook happened. And literally, it just became insane. It was like, like we the, the boss said, unlimited overtime. I was working like 60, 70 hours a week, just doing background checks. We were selling hundreds and hundreds of guns a day. It was insane. And you see that every single time. It's like problem, reaction, solution, right? Shooting, government pulls out legislation, firearm sales go through the roof. Do you think the gun manufacturers are just the ones carrying these out? <laughs> what do you guys think? It's a really good, really good question, because the thing is, when you look at how this is done, they play both sides. If it's a war, they they play both sides. If it's a whatever it is, they play both sides because they cannot they cannot lose. And so, yes, they're they're selling guns. And yes, they're trying to ban the guns. Same sources. Yeah. Same forces. Or at the very least, they're buying stock in gun manufacturers right before events happen like that. (laughs) I don't know how you could look at at something like the drug war or the opioid epidemic and not apply the exact same philosophy to guns. Or I mean, anything that you could turn to as a vice or an excuse or a wedge issue, it's always... And then behind that, behind the people who all have money in it, there's the central banks who are making all of the the wheels of commerce flow at their megalomaniacal pig whims, period. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right on, guys. Well, hey, so we're all here. So does anybody have any final thoughts or questions for Ole or any final things that they wanted to make sure to cover while we're all here? No, I'm just really glad we were able to, to, to have this timestamp right now where yeah. we can... We can say this is what we have seen in the past. This is yeah. what we're looking for in the future. And wow. and this is a collaborative of, uh, process, by the way. This is uh, something in, in which help is welcome, you know? Yeah. So if, any, if, if there are people out there that are in a different region of the world and they're noticing things that they think are of interest, l- let it be known. Like, l- yeah. you know, let's talk about it. Let's see what you Absolutely. found. Absolutely. And then that was the other thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep dragging it on, but Ole, do you have any predictions, any specific predictions coming up? Anything that you, that's that your evidence points to anything. Okay. I've got two, but now they're trying to put out red herrings as well. I've seen that many days spread out on social media now, Golden Gate on the 8th of blah, blah, blah. So millions, so thousands of people are folks there. That's not the way it's made. But so it's, it's hard to know right now because I feel they're desperate there. So, but I, I found the, Pointers towards uh, London uh, <clears throat> through the London Bar uh, Gay uh, in in Oslo. It's a very unusual name, you know, an English name, and it's in the same building as the Bristol Hotel. And London is one uh, place where it's been pointing a lot. And also, you got Fields Supermarket in Denmark, where the shooting took place. That is not a Danish name either. It's an English name. So I've even been looking at London Fields, and there's actually a movie called London Fields about a woman who knows that she's going to be assassinated by one of her friends, but she doesn't know which one. I don't know if it is any connection to it, but London, I would say, and in that case, uh, the favorite spot is Westminster Bridge or London Bridge. They recycle that, the whole thing. The reason for that is they use the Marriott Hotel as a headquarters. you got the MI6 down the river, uh, very close to it, the same precinct. They often re- reuse the same uh, players, the same police chiefs, the play- same investigations, everything like that. So I 
would suggest if it's pointing, if the pointers uh, that I read are correct, then London Bridge or Westminster Bridge, that or Finland. They're aiming at Finland now to push Finland, uh, the last step, pushing it into NATO. So, uh, so I mean, I'm looking almost on an hourly basis for attacks in Finland. Yet again, I've been pumping this out. And sometimes I feel maybe I should play it low key and just say it in certain places and then let them do it. And then I can say, oh, look at that. Because, but the thing is, I think to stop it, the more we can stop it, <clears throat> the better. <clears throat> and I know I, I did an interview with CIA whistleblower Chip Tatum, who was uh, George Bush Sr.'s private hitman who was part of, he was the commander of Pegasus, an ultra-secret hit team, uh, carrying out at least 14 assassinations. So, I mean, not an amateur at all. And anyway, he said that this type of job that we are doing uh, is incredible because he said the timeline they use are very tight. Something, you know, something happening in Norway could be because of getting the bombings going in Syria. That is because the pipelines in the Ukraine, that is all of these things. So every time we can mess it up, it can delay this whole thing for months. So that's why I say let's keep messing it up for them big time, big time. And also to comment the whole thing is like appreciate life. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Don't forget. So when somebody is trying to scare you, like boom, bang, boof, mass shooting, this, this, Ask yourself, who benefits from me believing this? And it will nowadays be on the screen right in front of you. And it's problem, reaction, solution. Now, in the old days, it took months for that to fall into place. Nowadays, they, they know that the, the time span because of fluoride and computer games and too many channels to choose from, they need to grab you by the second. So it'll be right in front of your face. There will be a reporter, part of the operation, saying, what happened? to an eyewitness, part of the operation, saying, well, it was horrible, it was horrible. There were lots of uh, exploding heads and children without uh, whatever limbs and a kitten that somebody stomped on. It was horrible to get the reaction from us. Oh, my God. And then the solution will be presented by the someone in this conversation or at the press conference. We need to, and there it is. So you can see the people that are stepping forward at press conferences are the ones that did it. The people that say, we have to stand united, we will not bend over in the face of terror, are the ones who did it. The, pe the police chiefs, the FBI, the whoever is doing it, if it is a false flag, which is, is so many times nowadays, are the ones that did it, that are controlling the whole operation. So you can just say, okay, thank you so much. I That's take that box. I know you from that one. Yep, yep, take, thank you so much. Next one, step forward. Yes, and here we go again. And then start mapping it and then start pushing these people and put them personal responsible for what they're doing, including actors like Matthew and Will and Chris Rock and all of these things, shame on you. Mm -hmm. This is not funny, Matthew. I know that you can't, you know, duping delight and this whole thing. What you are doing is a direct attack on humanity. You are part of something really evil. I don't care if you're going to get an Oscar for some crap role that you are going to perform in the next whatever. Because of that, thank you, loyalty. No, it's so not okay. So shape up. That's what I say.
Amen. Amen. Right on, guys. Right on. Well, let's wrap this up, you guys. So, Ole, why don't you start? Tell the folks how they can follow and support you. But what about the prayer? Oh, the prayer. <laughs> Give us the prayer. I'm sorry. I'll end, I'll end with the prayer. <clears throat> if you want to support me, it is extremely appreciated, especially financially, because I'm being shut down every place now. Even, even at the Patreon shut me down. Uh, Patreon, come on. That's supposed to be a platform that is safe no they contact contacted me and said uh, we want you to take away these things from your website not mm -hmm. from my patreon channel from my website and it was my recorded testimonial to the corona investigative committee with Rainer fulnish and they did it with whitney webb too yeah and ryan christian it, too. Yeah. That's, like, that's why we don't have a patreon subscribe star, yeah. subscribe star. anyway so so it, it, that was a major part of our income and uh, so a, a hard one to swallow. But thanks to my sweetheart, we did like this to them and said, fuck off. This is not okay. Get a life. Stop messing up people, you know. And then, so if you want to finance me or support me, please go to my website, lightonconspiracies.com or damagard.com, not alledamagard.com, but please check it out. It's quite funny. Uh, the damagard.com one and uh, my monthly newsletter where I, I point these things out in extreme detail what I find what I predict and this is where you can go through the archives you can see 64 times that's when I said it that's when it happened that's when I said it that's when it happened and so on and also this uh, uh, I, I really would like to say this uh, research vault that I have on external hard drives but also online it's almost five terabytes. It's perfectly systematically ordered. Whatever case in the thousands, it's there. Documents, photos, videos, you name it, maps, all of it, whatever you want to find. That's why it's very hard to pinpoint me where I've said something that was not correct. Because whatever case, give me two seconds. Okay, 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 I'm on it, you know. So, um that is one I really would like to get these out in the world, uh, especially on, on external hard drives, so that they are out there, bury them, save them, because this is for generations to come as well. It comes with a price tag, but please understand, it's my life's work that is in that. If you're interested, info at lightonconspiracies.com. And books, I've got multiple books. Thank you so much, Monica, for getting all the way through this brick of a book or two books uh, but yeah, they were, it was long and it was, uh, I read it right away as soon as you put it out, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's thick. It's not for wimps, but it's good. It's not, it's not for wimps, <laughs> but many people have, have put their life, they've died for the, that information to get out there. So it's like, it's hardcore. Anyway, so uh, I would say, be brave. This is not a time for wimps. Uh, there's native uh, tribes that says that we, the souls that are down here now at this time, are the strongest of the strong. Here we, we fought our way to come down and experience this incredible, horrible, challenging, wonderful, amazing time to evolve. So this is not a time to say, oh, I don't want to. You bought the ticket. You are here. We are here. So let's make ourselves proud of ourselves and I've even got made T-shirts, stop whining, start shining. You know, this is it. This is the time. So be brave, stand in truth. If you're confused, it's very easy. Turn it upside down. They are trying to present an inverted reality on you. 
What is, they say is good is bad. What they say is bad is actually good. It's super simple. And then the real truth is in your heart. Stop listening to this. Try and listen to your heart. It's a, the, the voice is a bit more quiet, but it's very easy. We've got it in us. Don't kick that baby. Not good. Be generous. Good. You get the feeling. That's it. Super simple. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't take somebody else's spouse. Treat people with respect, especially the elderly that have been along here, that's been here for longer than you. Listen to them. Maybe they have some wise words to tell us, you know, and that's it. I think so, don't, don't kick the baby should go on a shirt too, Ole. Yeah, don't kick the baby. <laughs> it's, I mean, some people enjoy it, but they're often <laughs> messed up. They're often messed up beforehand. There's something underneath that. Once they start listening to their, their heart, if they're not super psychos, and you can't blame the super psychos because they're born like that. Sociopaths, different one. They, we can help them, but psychos, they're, they're out of the reach of help. So the prayer, it goes like this. May the entire world be filled with peace and joy, love and light. That is the entire world, every single square inch, centimeters, whatever you want to call it, of this beautiful matrix be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially, especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness, so victory to that light. And then I want to say, what did he just say? Am I supposed to think that the bastards should be filled with peace and joy? They should hang! On a, on a street level, lynch them. On a higher level, on a spiritual level, you will see that these ones, without these absolute super assholes, we would not meet, we would not learn, we would not be in this situation. It's actually on a spiritual level. It's like, how thick are you? How, what do we do? What do we have to do for you to understand what is going on? And we're like, well, please repeat the theme a thousand times again. Can you say it again? Okay, so this is, and then, I mean, when they even have an IQ test called this virus, these injections, so people that are not very clever take it, and people that are saying, I can feel the difference between hot and cold water. I think I would question that, you know. It's like an IQ test, so we're being repeatedly asked, wake up, wake up, wake up. That is the name of the game now. It's indirectly helping us. So stop being a victim, take the power back, become brave, let go of fear. It's fear is an incredible thing because it's only in your mind and it's always connected to something that has not yet happened. It's an illusion. It's always connected to the fear, to the future. So it's, it's a waste of life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the battle of good versus evil, it brings out the greatest of evil, but it also brings out the greatest of good. Absolutely. You know, uh, Monica, how can we listen and or follow and support you? Oh, thank you so much. And I love that white pill. I sometimes feel guilty. Like I don't worry constantly. And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself if I worry constantly. Like I just have to sit outside once in a while with a cup of coffee or margarita and just like life is good. It's like the first word of the Bible. Like Life is good. It's good. He created heaven and earth. It's Good. So thank you for that. Um, you can hear my stuff. The best place to do it is Deep Dives with Monica Perez on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can talk to me on Twitter at Monica Perez Show. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, Steve, how can we listen and follow and support you? 
Heck yeah. Uh, AM Wake Up uh, over on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash AM Wake Up. Slow News Day is basically everywhere. All the social media apps are at Slow News Day Show. Only I would love a chance to, to have a conversation with you on either one of those sometime. Hopefully we can exchange email addresses or something. Um, Scott, you're awesome. Thank you for putting this together. Monica and Charlie, you guys are the shit. I can't wait to, to kick it again soon. Um, come out to Vegas. Uh, we're going to be, our show is going to be nuts this week. We're going to be live at Freedom Fest from like Wednesday to, uh, Wednesday to Saturday, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully pulling a bunch of those people into the studio if we can. Uh, and, uh, uh, well-mannered frivolity will abound. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I can vouch for that. It is. Steve is a good hangout in Las Vegas. I got to hang out with Steve for a couple of days, uh, earlier this summer. So Steve, thank Hell you again yeah. so much, man. All right, Charlie, thank you again for helping put this together. Like, yeah. I couldn't do this without you, so I really well, appreciate that. It was, so, uh, it was a great idea whose time had come because I really think it's important. It's false flag season. Yeah, you know? exactly. It and, is. We and were calling it. We've, we've got we've to, you know, pick out our outfits for this this year. Yep. So I thought it was good to get the, get the team together for a little, totally. uh, you know, just to talk about what, what we're looking at. So if yeah. you're interested in my brand of insanity, you can find macroaggressions in video format on band.video, Rockfin, Odyssey, and David Icke's platform, Iconic. You can catch the audio version of macroaggressions wherever podcasts are served. You can also uh, jump. You can hear the Union of the Unwanted, a great show that we put together and and do Monday nights, and that is available as a podcast as well as well as Day Zero, which is a fun one that I do with Lindsay Sharman and Corey Hughes and X Cube. So um, follow me on Twitter at Macroaggressions. Thank you all. Appreciate you and and thanks for making this happen, Scott. Great idea. Yeah, thank you, Ole, for coordinating your international life around our crazy schedule so yeah that's i awesome, just want man. to say uh, i'll be most happy to come on any of your shows of course okay, anytime cool. thank you Oli. yeah thank you so much yeah yeah i was just gonna say real quick anybody that's listening on other platforms uh my name's scott the show is rebunks on all podcast players just so subs go subscribe at, you know rebunked and the website is rebunk.news you can find all the links to all the social media and all that stuff so Man, you guys, what a fantastic conversation, man. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for showing up tonight. Ole, it's such an honor. Thank you for like just dropping just massive <laughs> amounts of information here. Um, Monica, Steve, Charlie, I love you guys so much. Like you guys are just uh, my favorite people in the world. So such an honor to come together in pursuit of truth and light and love. So thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll catch you next time.